to another Rational Passion review discussion. I am one of your reviewers, Alex O'Neill. Yes. Joined hmm. by Garrett Green. Hello. Is the jazz hands in like parentheses? I think so. It's implied jazz hands. Hmm. Hmm. It's happening. If you're listening to the audio version, you get it. You're missing all. You're missing a lot, right? Now. You are missing a lot. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Um, Jarrett, we are here to talk about Shovel Knight Dig. Published. I feel like oh. we've been here to talk about a Shovel Knight game since like 2015. Yeah. I feel I mean, like my relationship with Irrational Passions specifically has <laughs> has been dotted by the several Shovel Knight games that have come out since the first. Sure, sure. Yeah, I I reviewed Shovel Knight back in the day. Um, I think we talked about it at some point. You like Shovel Knight, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Very good. A game that plays as well as you remember games playing without actually playing as bad as those games actually played. Mm-hmm. And, like, they've made sort of a business out of doing that for every genre of video games that you might remember, it seems. Yeah, Mina and the Hollower are coming out next year. Uh, Yaclip's next game. Uh, Very similar vibe, but with, like, a Link's Awakening equivalent, Mm -hmm. Game Boy equivalent. But even with uh, Shovel Knight as a franchise, Mm -hmm. it's been, like, several different... DLC of Shovel Knight itself has been like basically various different 2D platformers. Yeah. Depending on the actual character and their their mechanics changes the way you 2D platform the entire thing. Um, the Shovel Knight puzzle uh, game that came out last year mm-hmm. is like every puzzle battler, kind of. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about because you played that. I did not. Yeah, I played a bunch of that. Um, yeah, it's like if you've ever played like a match three style sort of game that has any max three plus any game that is like more than that that like if you ever played the uh the street fighter one where it's like a a battle or i think it's the only one uh, i've played like it's it's those it's like now you've matched three and now you can do something else or yeah it's funny to see them like kind of tiptoe through the history of video games and the lens being various shovel knights yeah and yeah, this is their uh, their kind of take on the the roguelike, um, divide. the roguelike and like the the vertical sort of platformer. Yeah, which is I feel like pretty unexplored territory just across video games, which is why I wanted to talk to you about as someone who put a lot of time into Downwell. Yeah, it's odd that like this particular kind of platformer is still niche. Yeah. It's like cool. it, I feel like we've we've gone through every other kind of game at this point in the indie space, and this one like still it's still just like Dig Dug and Steamworld Dig, and now this one that are kind of even attempting it. Mm-hmm. And Downwell, you know, famously, but yeah, um, yeah, I played a very little bit of Downwell. I think it's a really cool idea. I think I just you know wanted maybe something more like Shovel Knight, basically mm-hmm. Shovel Knight Dig. That's a little bit more complica- complex, has a few more things going on, a few more options, and uh between run metagaming uh and shovel knight dig definitely brings that this is developed by nitrome published by yacht club games uh with help developing as well um so not like not the true shovel knight 2 uh like super nintendo shovel knight 2 or shovel knight x whatever you would want to call it Mm -hmm. that i think i was like kind of hoping for out of Whatever came next from Shovel Knight, which, you know, again, this is that's still very much a potential thing to happen. But um, I remember when this was announced just before PAX East 2020, 
uh, when I got to play it for the first time before the world ended. Yeah, I think that's the last. That's one of the last games I played at a convention was mm-hmm. Shovel Knight uh, Dig, yep. and I was like, "Man, this is this is a really cool game that should come out soon." And then not only did it not come out soon, pu- the puzzle game got announced and came out before it. Yep. I was like, "Okay." Yep. Um, but I think it was worth the wait. Uh, Shovel Knight Dig is the downward platformer roguelike take on Shovel Knight with a more as Scott White put it very well, is like this is very much like a Genesis game versus mm-hmm. being like a Super Nintendo game, which I'm more familiar with, certainly. But like the soundtrack, which is excellent, by the way, uh, unsurprisingly excellent, considering the Shovel Knight soundtrack was also super good. Um, the soundtrack, the visuals, the style, the sprite work, oh, it's all very Sega Saturn, Sega Genesis vibe, uh, and it's excellent. Uh, and it's reached the point, especially with this franchise, that you really only get when you have so many games in it. And if you're pretty good at sort of keeping the brands recognized throughout, it has such a a signature vibe that everything kind of continues to call back to itself. Like, this soundtrack is different, but every little beep and boop about it feels like every other Shovel Knight, not in a way that is. It's not like it's reusing these assets, but it's so iterative and it's so there is such a signature sound to Shovel Knight now mm-hmm. that they found a way to to find that personality throughout without having to just remix old tunes like they're now getting sound design. They have a sound design signature with yeah. this series now. That's really cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I've played, I've played quite a bit of it. I've finished it uh, a few times. Jerry, you're, you're still trucking away through it. Um, Mm -hmm. How far have you gotten in the well? I've gotten to the fourth. I think that's the last like world, but I haven't gotten through it. The like gold castle-y area. Yeah. And then there's kind of two alternate third worlds and two alternate second worlds as well. Um, which is cool. I don't know if you've seen all, all of them. I think I've started doing the alternate second. Um, cause I got a, a feat that suggested that I did. So sure. I'm like, Oh, I didn't know this was happening. Um, but I haven't like actively sort of gone down that road yet. Yeah. It's just random. Uh, or... I believe whichever you're going to run into mm. in a given run. Um, and then we'll, there, there is like kind of an alternate route that, that I'll talk about a little bit after we, we've talked about it some generally just in case folks don't want to ruin for you. Uh, one of my favorite things about modern roguelikes is how well, secrets are integrated into the game um if anyone knows me they know i love splunky and splunky is just a game rich with secrets um and shovel knight i I think definitely shovel knight dig takes inspiration from there takes inspiration from other things um but i think the primary inspiration if i were to draw a one-to-one line for this game is downwell um Mm. i consider you the number one downwell expert jared Danwell correspondent. Yes. Um, <laughs> Just like I think there's Tony Horvath is the League of Legends correspondent of yeah. Passions. I think Danwell is um, a far more stripped down version of this kind of platformer mm-hmm. where Danwell's focus either there isn't a whole lot of meta progression outside of the each individual run except like unlocking the potential to do more stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
where downwell is about kind of just the run being not perfect but you want to bounce as long as possible you don't want to touch the ground really like it's kind of about it's it's almost like a um it's more shmuppy than maybe this game where this game feels like a progressive sort of rpg in in all the ways that modern sort of roguelikes kind of take meta progression and your ability to unlock more stuff to buy as optional things during each run you can skip particular levels completely if you want to you can there's there's a way farther breadth of things to earn and things to work towards i think in this game than in downwell and i think you don't have to be i think they're both pretty difficult but i don't think you have to necessarily i think the skill uh, the skill floor is way higher in downwell than in this one yeah like you'll you'll kind of trip over yourself a bunch in uh dig initially but i don't think you necessarily have to be a maverick at this game to get very far in it or yeah. to feel like that you're making you know steady progress in it where yeah. i think downwell is definitely like a, a a a set of skills you have to kind of develop before you kind of get to the end of that game but i think if you played one it, i would say it's difficult to to know that if you like liked one that you definitely like the other mm-hmm. because i think they're different enough um but I think if you played one, you should definitely play the other. Because, yeah. A, there's, like we said, there's not a whole lot of games like this mm-hmm. going around, necessarily. But uh, I think they, they do similar things enough where I think it'd be difficult to imagine you not at least having, not at least like some of the same sort of brainwaves firing when you're playing the it, This one requires, I think, a, a, a bit more patience. Yeah. I think dig especially like you're looking for way more cues than you are in downwell like you will not know where the gold cogs are until you see them and then you kind of have to figure out how to get to them pretty quickly. Yeah. Um whereas you're not looking for things like that in downwell necessarily. Um it being randomly generated there's nothing to learn in either one. There's no there's no way to learn a path, right? But there's always ways to learn sort of environmental sort of cues. And I think there's way more of them in this game than there are in Downwell. Yeah. Like just the way you see a, some a, a plot of dirt formed will tell you a lot about what you're about to see. Yeah. Um, and the way like dirt blocks will be like laid out will kind of give you a pathway of progression, right? And there's lots of secret things on the walls. Like there's always like a screw to the hit that's gonna unlock something. Yeah. Um, where I don't think you're always looking for secrets in the same way. And down, downwell is kind of just about like getting, getting good at going down quickly, and without getting hit. Yeah, I. It, it's cool. Like you said, there's not a lot of games like this where you know once you're once you fall down a ledge, it's like well, you miss something. Yep. That's it. That's yeah. it. You just got to keep going. And I, I think like it, it was frustrating for me a little bit at first. Because, like, I have that tendency to, like, want to, like, I want to get everything in a level before I go on. I want to be as most prepared as possible. I want to take as few hits as possible before um, diving down. I want to make sure I get all the gold cogs in a given level so I can get either my health back if I need it or a a random artifact that's going to make the run, potentially the whole run for me. Uh, And there are certainly many items that you can get that are like that. But Mm -hmm. it, it really makes for this really interesting progression of falling at your own pace, knowing that, and I don't remember, does Downwell have a thing that's like chasing you? 
No, but you you fall the floor the, you fall faster and the floor tends to disintegrate under you. Got it. Yeah. But there's also monsters that can fly and chase you. So there's nothing there's not like the the big uh drill that's chasing you down in dig, but in downwall all the monsters not all of them, but there are many monsters that can follow you wherever you're going. They can fly up where you can't. Got it. So you're you're not you really don't have the time to sit and think about the next like couple seconds and just chill. You gotta have to keep moving. Yeah. Shovel Knight's solution to that is the the drill that chases you the whole time that will insta kill you if it hits you. I do appreciate that you get some indication that it's about to come down on the screen. And then after it comes down, it has to like come out of its like sheath and then come come after you. Yeah, and it's you, definitely not like you'll definitely know it's coming before it gets there. And yeah. I think it doesn't come that fast, so you still have time to think. It's like once you see the screen start the rumble, you you still have you know ten seconds before this thing might touch you. So like, mm-hmm. if you need it, you can take it, and um, you can attack the drill also. You can, yes, you can, which I learned like literally a day ago. And I was like, oh, I could fight this thing actually. Yeah, there's a challenge for it, this is how I, I kind of figured it out. Um, and you can stun it, get yourself a little bit more time, um, and other things that will happen with it that we'll talk about later, um, which is super cool. Yeah, I, I really liked that aspect. I liked how after I'd adapted to the, the kind of falling, like, falling forward, falling upward type mentality. Um, the kind of strategy of looking out for side rooms, keeping enemies around in case I need to bonk on them to get height, um, knowing the importance of like the mushroom guys and the little mushrooms give you some height and the big mushrooms give you a lot of height in those early stages and they're items similar to that in later levels. And I love how much all that changes from world to world, right? Mm-hmm. This whole mushroom forest that, that makes up world one, and you have these mushrooms that are bouncing around, it, it, it really acts as such a friendly kind of opening level to the brutality of this game, which is, you know, very difficult, uh, all things considered. Um, or, or I should say not necessarily difficult, but unforgiving, right? Mm-hmm. You're mis- you take a lot of damage, you don't have a lot of health right out the gate, um, and... If you fall and miss stuff and miss gold cogs and miss this and that, you know, it will feel like you're a little underpowered moving forward into the next levels. But then, you know, you get into the second area, which is either the water area, which is like 10 out of 10 track on that area, Mm -hmm. by the way. That music is bumping. Um, Mm -hmm. Or the fire area. And like the fire area has like a random seed where there's like a the lava throughout the bottom of the level so you can only go down so quickly you have to kind of wait for the lava to go down and the water yeah, there's that pressure from both ends now like mm-hmm. um the water area has um water that will flow and change enemies movements um so like sometimes you have to make water flow so these fish enemies will run up it so you can jump on the fish and get height and it makes traversal totally different and, you know, that's just, like, the first three levels, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's three more on top of that. And, and they're all really cool and, and make you, like, force you to interact with it, with exploration and progression differently. And you have to spend at least a little bit of time, like, recognizing that there's lots of interactions that are more than just you bonking a thing on the head. Like you said, the water, the way the water flows will actually determine a, like 
if you can come back to a thing you missed because if you if you hit this water now that means you can't go back up a thing mm-hmm. or you need to hit the water so you can move at enough speed to jump and make a gap to get a thing mm-hmm. or if introducing water to a particular situation might now flood a particular portion which now makes the monsters in there act different yep um or like in the in the level before that like what if those little puffball guys hit you now you're small and being small uh has its own sort of cost benefit because sometimes you'll get to little pathways like you only get to and you're small meaning you kind of want to get hit but you don't know that's going to happen until it happens Mm -hmm. Um, i like that it's not as simple as just being hit or as simple as just turning a lever like everything feels like now it almost feels it almost feels like a an an open worldly style kind of um What's the word I'm looking for? Where the systems are interacting emergent with each other, not just gameplay. Yeah, yeah it feels friend. almost it feels almost emergent in a way that is uh, unlike my roguelike. Yeah, for sure. And it's you know tied to different levels, but then kind of like we said earlier, you get through the mushroom forest, and it's like okay, now I have a choice potentially between a water area and a lava area, or maybe it's just two lava areas. So it's like okay, all those items I was kind of racking up in World One. I was kind of hoping I would be able to go to the water level, and I guess I'm not going to, so um, I have to kind of adapt in the moment uh, to that. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I really love just how different everything feels. It makes it feel like a, an adventure. In a mm-hmm. um, and I like that there's that it's not just for a show. Yeah. Like, how you traverse the next three stages is significantly different than the ones you did the, the three with you before. Mm-hmm. Um. I think I, I, what I don't find that I love as much are the bosses. I find the bosses to be kind of just whatever. Sure. I will say one thing I do like in the bosses is how they adapted, like, Shovel Knight to this roguelike format, right? Like, mm-hmm. you feel like you're going through the boss's stage, and then you fight the boss. Um, I think s- some of the later bosses are a lot more fun than... Uh, those first two bosses, like yeah, I think Tinker Knight is fun. He's like one of the world two bosses, but he's like really surprisingly difficult. Mm. Um, the Mushroom Knight is just like whatever, you know. Yeah, she just goes down really quickly. I also do. I do like though that the the stages you fight them in can change. Yeah, the the boss rooms will be different layouts. Sometimes there'll be spikes. Sometimes and sometimes like you can that becomes part of your strategy. I know I've. Hit them the the mushroom knight multiple times just by letting her bounce. Yep. And then she just dies immediately. Yep. Uh, sometimes, like when you fight mole knight, there will be dirt blocks that you can use to kind of get out of the way. Um, but yeah, like mole knight is whatever. The mushroom knight is whatever. Uh, I like both of the world three bosses, the hive knight and uh, scrap knight. I think they're both really cool. Um, and I think the last fight is, is also really fun i don't know if you've gotten to it yet no that one's fun because a the the big drill comes into the picture and also mm-hmm. like a thing we haven't talked about is the guy summons a bunch of dirt and <laughs> i love that like the shovel part of this digging has become a huge part yeah, it's of not just game. like a a weird like analog for a sword it's actually now like the like integral to the entire like existence of this game is digging now it's like the shovel's a shovel now it's yeah. not just a, it's not a weapon it's a shovel yeah i mean it's, it's both but 
it's used very well as a shovel in like these big sections of levels where it's just all dirt and you can mm-hmm. dig through it and it just it feels really good to just like rapidly dig through a bunch of dirt and i was i was worried that that feeling would lessen as the game went on but it just like ups the ante as the levels progress like once you're in um uh uh what's it drill knights uh castle or whatever mm-hmm. and like you've got like laser beams and like things shooting up into the dirt or you go to um like the hive uh i think it's just called the hive level and the the dirt is like got like little teeth that come out and attack you if you stay in it for too long uh there's just so much cool stuff that they do with that uh that a mixes it up and and keeps you on your toes kind of like how all the levels were were doing like we talked about earlier but also just like changes that experience enough that that you have to kind of think about it when you're just digging 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 really quick Mm -hmm. it just feels so good and he feels this is like he finally feels like qualified to be here (laughs) (laughs) shovel knight was born for this they finally found the guy for the job yeah it, it it like makes the whole concept it's just everything kind of meshes so well together of like yeah you're in a well you're going down you're digging down um it makes the progression downward make contextual sense it makes it sense why shovel knight would be great for this you know uh it's all perfect do you find like how long did it take you to get through like to, to beat it the first i think it took me like 10 hours I feel like I'm like approaching my fifth hour plane, and I feel like I can. I am. I have to get back into it, but I feel like I can get to the end pretty reliably now. Sure. I just don't know how much longer it would take for me to then like learn this boss and then do it all in one run. I'll say one thing that I did do after I beat the game, I threw on some of those accessibility settings in mm-hmm. the in the menu, which are great. You know, it's like take less damage, do more damage, have more health. Um, and you know, I just toggled a couple of them on, like gave myself three extra hit points. It's like, you know what? I, I want to see all the secrets. I want to get to the end. I want to lock all of the stuff. Um, and I, I thought that stuff is super friendly. I still found it challenging, right? Doing the secrets, like the execution of not being able to fuck up your, your drops and the exploration and the levels and, and how quickly you're progressing downward that is all still there, and I think that's such a the strategy of that is still a core part of the game in a way that like even if it's a little bit easier, it doesn't hinder the experience. Right. So I definitely like if you love Shovel Knight but you think it's too hard, which is kind of where I'm at with OG Shovel Knight as well. Uh, I, I you know don't be afraid to turn this on because I think you'll still have a, a really fun time exploring right. the secrets here. Um, yeah, and I think I only saw them. I didn't really touch them at all, but mm-hmm. yeah. Not like opposed to turning on some usability settings to just get through a get through a thing. Um, sure. Uh, I also think like the items are really great. Um, some of them I I don't know how it, it's always a tough thing to balance. Some of them feel like pretty essential to progression. Uh, it's like I guess you know you can make the same argument with some Splunky stuff like oh if I'm gonna do a secret run in Splunky I need paste for the bombs because I'm not gonna fuck around if I don't have that right uh, there's just no way I'm beating the final boss without it um I think there is a little bit of that in Shovel Knight as well you do have a lot of opportunities to get artifacts and and items to to give you abilities and stuff which is good so I think that that does counter it a bit but 
yeah like there's... especially early i think you can there's so many ways to find stuff and then like the shops on top yeah. kind of make it really easy to make sure you're not going in just completely naked yeah um but that not, i i that i don't think i'm using the items enough personally sure i feel like i should be moving using them more um I just never occurs to like it just is not a thing that occurs to me is that I should be using this horn because it's gonna make my life easier. Yeah, and the horn like breaks up all the dirt around you too. Yeah. Um I, I was really bad at, about using the like secondary weapons. It's just like those those upgrades that are just mm-hmm. so like there's one that causes you to give not knockback uh on all of your attacks, which just trivializes Thirty percent of the boss fights. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? More like seventy percent of the boss fights, to be honest. Uh, like the mushroom person, you just like jump, knock, jump, knock, jump, knock, and then it's all right, it's over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that is like true. Like Tinker Knight, you can like push him into the lava, and he'll take like two hit, two full hit points of damage. Um, when you're fighting him, yeah. It, the the and like there's one that lets you jump higher. It's not a lot higher. I I felt like maybe it was gonna be a lot higher, but it's not that much higher. Um, there's one that makes you so you don't take damage on spikes. Very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like, and the way, again, just all the different things that they brought in from Shovel Knight, you've got the armor in the in the town or in like the campfire area uh, before you go in the well. Armor that you unlock after a little bit will make armor sets for you. One of them is like the red armor from Shovel Knight 1 that lets you take less damage. But now it also gives you the ability to pick one of your items and take it with mm. you on the next run. Uh, so it's like, okay, I'm just not going to beat this without the knockback. Do right. a run until you get it. You can always take it with you on the next run over and over again. It does feel like um, it's both kind of making your life easier by by just allowing you to bridge the gap, but also kind of, like you said, kind of funneling you into particular builds. Yeah. Like these, these, are the, these are the ones you win with. Um, I, I know it's supposed to also encourage like experimentation. Mm-hmm. But I think what it what it what these mechanics always tend to do is just encourage like the ten percent build yeah, and like that's what the one everyone does yeah yeah um, which I don't think is necessarily a problem either but I think it does for the it, it does put the onus on you to want to explore what all these other things do mm-hmm. knowing that you probably should just use the optimized thing if you're actually having a problem yeah um, but that that the option's even there I think is. Not enough roguelikes maybe do this. Yeah, I think so too. And and there's always a trade-off with those armor sets. Um, like the the red one that lets you take less damage and, and take an artifact or an item with you on a reset, you don't get as many gems to drop right. uh with it. There is an artifact that makes more gems appear for an item, uh, and that basically fully counteracts that, but you know, you have to find that, you have to get that, kind of go from there. Um, there's one that like I really like the streamline mail, like guarantees an item every stage basically an extra mm-hmm. one, including the one you could get for the the golden cogs, but no side rooms. It's all it's the streamline run, right? Right. So you can't get any shops or extra items or extra health upgrades. Uh, so you know it's always a trade off, but I think they like you said do it do a good job of at least giving you options. Uh, if you feel like you're kind of in a rut. Mm-hmm. I feel like, um, I think the, the miles may vary, but you know, for someone like you, you, you there's probably plenty of you play that something like this. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much it would be. For, it doesn't. It's, I, there's way more secrets than I thought there were. Um, but I know I was 
playing it right around right after um Mitchell Staltzman at IGN reviewed it and he didn't find a whole lot of bonus to replay after he kind of beat it twice. Like he saw that there was other secret stuff, but he didn't know how much of it was actually kind of worth the squeeze again. Yeah. Um, besides just simply wanting to see it. And I know that that is not, I know like Splunky and I, maybe, maybe Splunky too, but I don't know much about Splunky too, I'll be honest. Um, that there are so much stuff it feels like, and, it, and like the walk to, to get some of that stuff kind of takes its own sort of game's length of, of time to, to dedicate to get to it. Have you found that um, Dig has that kind of hook? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's like leaderboards and daily challenges are, are, are thin as well in this game, which I'm not super into, to be honest. And and the thing about Spelunky 2 and Spelunky 1, I just really appreciated the execution of having to put everything together for a secret run. And mm-hmm. I think Spelunky does have that as well. So just the execution of a full run, a full secret level run is so satisfying that I've gone back and like wanted to do it. And I've done it a couple of times now. Um, and, it, and there are like things that are unlocked after uh, you do the secret run as well. Um, like there are these challenges for the, the, <laughs> what, what would you call the guy? Like the, the skeleton guy that teaches you moves for your shovel. Uh, um, He's like, I don't think his name is Skelly like it is in Hades, yeah. but they're the same guy, basically. Yeah, it's like Agath or something. He has yeah. a name. I don't remember it. But, like, basically after you beat it, uh, you can find, like, this tombstone in the campsite area that has, like, his challenges. And by doing his challenges, like, complete a level without jumping is one of them, for example. You unlock additional shovel abilities for those slots. So, like, there's a second drop ability. There's a second mm-hmm. in-air ability. Uh, there's a second on-the-ground ability. There's a second alternate attack ability. Um, and those are really cool to unlock. I mean, I've unlocked them all at this point, so there isn't really anything left for me to unlock in the game. Um, I got all the armor sets. I got all the the items that you can add to the pool. I still have like artifacts that you can get the, the gold keys to unlock, but those are, at this point, like in World 3, so you have to kind of navigate the, the gold key all the way there. And that's pretty tough. So there are things to unlock, and I and I definitely have that hanker, that completionist hankering to do that. But I think that it is so fun to do a full run, so to speak. That I, it is something that I would occasionally kind of like go back to and and do a full run, kind of like Splunky Two. I, I still do that with that game as well. It's interesting, um, just how much <clears throat> of that. Inspir- that like Super Nintendo inspiration is in like the post game mm-hmm. where it's like you've beat it but like you own this game now so why don't you keep being it because there's plenty of things there's plenty of the things you do you're only doing it for you at this point because you've beaten the game you've seen the end but if you're going to spend you know 20 more hours doing this there's a, there's a motivation for you to do it at the very least yeah and every time you do it you're you're, you're making the next time you do it a little easier yeah uh, so to talk about the secret run a little bit, for folks that don't want to know, you know, skip a, a little bit. I'll put some some stuff in the description. Essentially, you you trigger it uh, after you beat the game. Shield Knight, who's around, you know, hanging out, she'll show up every now and again, help you out, be like, "Yeah, we're here to stop this dude. Fuck this guy." Uh, and I'm like, "Hell yeah, Shield Knight." <laughs> um, 
she'll be in levels and she'll give you hints of like, hey, I found this. I'm not sure what this does. Or like, hey, this room where you have to like sacrifice things to this big griffin statue. Like something's up with this. Um, and there's three of them in this world for some reason. I don't know. Um, so I was like, okay, it's got to have something to do with Shield Knight. Her owl, her buddy owl, uh, is hanging out in the beginning. You can like give him high fives with your shovel, which is very good. If you jump on his head enough that he goes down into the well, that will trigger the the kind of secret run. And then you can find him in one of the side rooms in the first world. And so if you find him, he'll join Shield Knight in the second world. And then in the second world, he'll help you break the little golden drill thing that mm-hmm. gives you the extra items at the end. If you buy this item from the shopkeeper, he breaks it, and then you use the golden drill to do the other second world. Uh, mm. So you do both uh, first world and then lava, then water, as opposed to skipping one of them. Uh, and that's kind of like the whole thing with the, the secret run, is you do every single level. You do everything, so it's like a six-level thing instead of a four-level thing. Mm-hmm. Which I think okay. is also part of that appeal of like, oh, this feels like a really big run. Right. Um, I like that the the trigger of the secret run, you have to harass Shield Knight's owl <laughs> yep. until he's like, fine. Um, and he like flies down with you into the well. It's a cool little animation they add. So then, yeah, he uses the drill to break open that like, old dirt path that, that lets you go into the alternate yeah. level. And then in that level, you have to... The, the cool thing about that, like, the second world level, you since you're breaking the golden drill, uh, you don't get extra health or items for world, for any of those levels. So you have to... Oh, of, so basically to, half the game, you kind of just play just, straight. Just world two. Um, you have to get through without being able to get extra health and stuff at the end of each level. The golden cogs mean nothing, except for that first area. And then in the, the third world, you have to sacrifice an item to three of the statues, and then Shield Knight manages to get the skeleton key. In the fourth world, you use the skeleton key to open the special skeleton door um, that gets you an artifact, like a secondary item that the owl takes on to. He uses that to, like, un- like a screwdriver, because it's like a screwdriver, of course, because everything's a joke in this game. Screwdriver <laughs> unhook the boards that are protecting the other world three. So then you do the other world mm. three. Um <clears throat> and then he gets like sucked into like a a vacuum thing in that world. And then you get to Drill Knight's castle and you get the the screwdriver and you have to hold on to it until you're fighting Drill Knight at the end. And at one point, like I said with Drill Knight, the the big eviscerator drill will come into the fight and you throw the screwdriver at it and it breaks the drill uh and the drill all it took was the magic screwdriver all it took was the magic screwdriver the drill will like break open the floor and that will uh reveal this area where you have to deposit all six gems so that's why you had to go to all six worlds right and then all six gems go in and it opens up the new seventh level uh which is cool because it's just you kind of falling through and that will lead to the the tower of fate from Shovel Knight One, um, that will lead to the the Empress, the the sorceress being mm-hmm. awakened, and she possesses Drill Knight, and then you do this incredible, incredible final boss where Drill Knight becomes like a giant drill, and it's just 
infinite dirt all the way down. You're just digging down and smashing him into the face as you're digging down. And like shield knight is with you the whole time. And she's like, just jumping up and using her shield to protect you from giant drills, like coming from the left and side. So she's jumping back and forth. You're digging down. It's like super Epic. The music's crazy. The switch does not handle the frame. Rate well. <laughs> no, I was just about to ask. This sounds like uh, a Witcher three on switch situation. It, it gets pretty hectic. I, it, it's like the only, Sometimes in Drill Knight's Castle, the performance gets a little rough, um, but I had like full stops and stutters in this section the the two times I did it. I don't know if they're maybe going to optimize it later. It's a little bit of a bummer, but it's so epic. It's not like super hard, really, at that mm-hmm. point. Uh, it's more kind of just for the spectacle of it. Yeah, you got here, so like here's the thing. Yeah, have fun. Dr- dig a whole bunch. It's super <laughs> And then it ends and it kind of sets it up as like, oh, this is a prequel to Shovel Knight. Okay. Um, and and that's kind of like the reveal at the end, uh, which is really cool. Uh, they say like at the end, Shovel Knight's like, "Oh, Shield Knight, we got to go to that tower and figure out what this Empress thing is all about," which then sets up the events. Right. Of Shovel Knight one. Little did he know. Yeah, little did he know. But he so could have like, just probably let that happen. Yep. Yeah, uh, it's so good. It's just like such a great putting everything together, doing everything at once. Uh, really satisfying run to the end. And, you get, and like connecting two things that that no one ever asked to connect really. Yeah. You know, no one cared. But like I guess why not? It makes that relationship with Shield Knight even better like cuz you get to feel like that cuz she's with you the whole time through the secret run. She's like mm-hmm. with her owl, she's giving you tips. She's like, "Okay, you got to take the skeleton key this thing." So it it makes it feel like you're kind of going on an adventure with her. Um and and it just adds like a little extra special to the to the run. That for some reason reminds me um, Shovel Knight's been in all sorts of game types. Yeah. But he's also in, there's a fighting, a card game that's a fighting game mm-hmm. called Exceed. Um, and there are Shovel Knight characters in it. I'm trying to see if I have the deck. It is Shovel Knight and Shield Knight together. No, but here's like King Knight. Hell yeah. Look at that beautiful um, boy. But there is one one character is Shovel Knight and Shield Knight to like as a pair. I like that the the story and like the the little narrativity of those two characters is like the idea is that they're together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shovel Knight is kind of a dude with a shovel without her. Yep. And she's a lady with a big shield without him. Yep. And even in a game like this, they kind of like find a way to put it together. I think you even do it in Puzzle and uh, Pocket Dungeon too, Mm -hmm. where like you can kind of throw things at her and she bounces them off across the screen. Yeah, and it's like there's just the one fight at the end of Shovel Knight 1, right? Where it's like Shield Knight's here and you're bouncing on her shield and it's the best thing you've ever done in a video game. Like in that (laughs) moment, it feels like that. So they kind of channel that in a different way where she's kind of like the smart one (laughs) and she's Mm kind of figuring out all the puzzles and and you're like, this dude stole my bag! (laughs) (laughs) And it's it's a very good dynamic. Uh, And and they're very, it's just like very sweet and wholesome too. Um, which I appreciate. Like in the credits, like it shows like the whole like, and this is what happened to this person. And you see mm-hmm. like Mole Knight go from the water level to the lava level, and he's like, "Oh, I like this." And then he becomes the lava Mole Knight that you see right. in Shovel Knight and stuff like that. So there's other. So is that easy? Yeah, he just like got hot. Yeah, he's like, you know what, this works for me actually. Uh, but yeah, overall, I, I think Shovel Knight Dig is radical is the word I would describe it. If we had like mm-hmm. a review scale and Radical was on it, that's where I would put it. 
<laughs> no matter where it is, no matter what number it is, it's yeah, radical. It's radical. I I think I'm with you in the beginning though. I'm curious to see like is there ever is is Shovel Knight two like ever a thing now, or is it just like what other genre can we put Shovel? Are we gonna get Shovel Knight in a FMV like point and click adventure? Oh my like, god, I would love that. A point like, and click. Is it would I would I rather have that than Shovel Knight two actually? Do I want mm. The secret of Monkey Island Shovel Knight instead of Shovel Knight 2, which would just be, you know, 16 bit Shovel Knight. <laughs> this definitely, like, as I went from the, after I beat this, I went and played Shovel Knight. I'm like, Phew, 8 bit is a downgrade, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, I definitely would love to see a full, you know, platformer game just in this art style alone. You know, I'd love mm-hmm. to see that. I this got me excited of like wow there are so many other ideas to do with a shovel um that I wouldn't have thought of like the whole yes you know this goes back to me playing the demo for the first time at, at PAX but like just digging through all the big walls of dirt and stuff um using like the dirt blocks to like dig through them to hover over gaps and and get through that like progression based on downward momentum and things like that like oh they they took the idea and they really expanded it in this game even though it's obviously a completely different kind of game still platformer Mm -hmm. in in a lot of senses an action platformer um it still has the bosses like the Mega Man homage that Shovel Knight is um I I still think there's just so much this showed me that there are like other ideas uh that that they can really dig into uh and I'd be really excited to see where they went with a more fleshed out, more button, more face buttons on the controller type game and right. abilities. Like some of those abilities that you unlock <clears throat> doing the ending and stuff are like, you get a shovel that you, that like extends out. You get a charge move where you can like toss it and it like boomerangs around and, and clears mm-hmm. the screen. You get like a full aerial spin slash um, that like all around attacks you. Um, and you get like a, a downward thrust that makes you hover while you're, uh, downward thrusting, so you can kind of get across long gaps. Oh, you can like aim it, kind of, yeah. Yeah, it, so it, there's a lot of really cool stuff that are just like post game ideas that I feel like they threw in there just to give you some some variety for for future playthroughs, and all of those could be like major mechanics in a game where you get permanent unlocks that you could right. slot into Shovel Knight in a cool I way. I just I do wonder like what the Yacht Club R and D looks like for like. Like, what is the Symphony of the Night, like, weird playtest thing they have there where you're, like, you turn into, like, a shovel mist ghost and, like, go through walls or whatever. Like Shovel wolf. Yeah, what is, like, the upside-down world of this, this weird shovel knight thing? Like, what is the shovel knight 64 sitting on, like, a weird EXE in, the, in someone's hard drive look like? Totally. Yeah, and I, I'd, I'd love for them to keep going down that rabbit hole and just seeing what, what comes out of it. Yeah, that's like a whole business. Like they've kind of figured it out, I think. Yeah, I think that's why they're like doing so well, uh, for sure. And like Mina is like such another type of thing. It's like clearly they're just into shit like Link's Awakening, and they're like, let's just do that, you know? Like, yeah, what if we just do Link's Awakening actually? Because like a Castlevania whip, basically. Because Nintendo's not going to do it, so we'll just do it. Yeah, they remade that game, and it's like, all right, well, they're probably done with that for now. So right, yeah. And again, and sometimes it's not even like that. The that not they wouldn't do it. It's just more like they'll do what they've done already. But what can we? What else? We have the freedom to do this, but 
something else because we don't have the baggage. We can yeah we can give Link a whip and see what 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 that means instead. Yeah, and it's important to note like even if we're we're kind of making these derivative comparisons, like I do think like what Yacht Club brings to the table is really powerful in that space. You know, like mm-hmm. Shovel Knight was such a cool. You know, in that game alone, just like the digging up dirt and like using a shovel was kind of a gimmick to some extent. But then they took it to this and it like upped the ante on like, oh, yeah, like this, this makes this in a weird way. It makes perfect sense. You know, like, mm-hmm. oh, like a, a game where you're going down and you're digging the whole time. It's like, oh, yeah, this is perfect. Shovel Knight is so perfect for this. And- yeah, it's only like a, it's it's not derogatory because it's been working so well. And like no one else has done it yet. Like it's not like they're doing something that everyone. That like you can argue that the indie sort of the indie apocalypse happened because of them, mm-hmm. in a way, because they did they did it right, and that everyone's been trying to do it right since. Yeah, and to to middling effect. But no one is taking the thing they made their their like golden baby and then turning it, then just throwing it on its head multiple times. <laughs> like there is no. I mean, who can say, actually, I was going to say that the, your your favorite game probably is not in development now that's going to change the fundamental sort of way that game works. Like Silksong, mm-hmm. for how, how great Silksong will probably be projecting, is going to be Hollow Knight, but a little different. Yeah. It's not like Hollow Knight is going to now be like a... Like a is they're not turning Hollow Knight into V V V V V. Yeah. They're not turning they're not going to turn Hollow Knight into like a poker game. <laughs> like <Uh-oh. laughs> though. Bunch of bugs like are the, on a table. <laughs> or it's just like one of those the, there's like a whole rash of like blackjack RPGs on mobile that like <laughs> at the end of the like turn of the century. They I I would not be surprised if that was God, something that, that could happen. Totally could happen. But no one's like it's not like people are doing this except Yacht Club. <laughs> Yeah. So it's not like when we say they're just trying to find find a way to put Shovel Knight in a different genre, like that sounds like a joke, but it's actually what they're doing. Yeah. So, and it's sick. It's super sick. right, and it, and it's and it keeps working. So we we are projecting because it they've done something that allows us to speculate in a way that is positive because we would like to see this stupid shit happen because it's hilarious and would probably also be good. Yeah, like talking about it, like at the top when we were talking about like so few games have done what Downwell did is like the only other game I can really think of. I'm sure there's probably maybe a handful else out there, um, but like also so few other I- properties like actually make perfect sense for that exact kind of game than Jump. Right. Yeah. Can, can you think of a uh, there's there's no better game uh, about for a guy who digs than a game that makes him dig. Yeah. Finally, the third, the third or fourth game they make is the one they actually digs in. Only other thing before we wrap up, shout out all the pixel art characters they have in this are so mm-hmm. good. The art so crunchy in the best way, and there's like a bunch of great, fun references. There's like a hunter from Bloodborne in this game for no fucking reason, mm-hmm. and and he's like, uh, yeah, back where I'm from, I would like sit at a lamp and go to a weird dream world <laughs> i'm like all right dude like cool i'm glad you're here 
Um, <laughs> yeah, congratulations, you made it out of that place because that place sucks. <laughs> it like every time you go to the to the left screen and see the camp, and there's like new people there, and like the bosses that you just beat, sometimes hanging out, sometimes multiple bosses like talking to each other, like Tinker Knight talking to Mushroom Knight, and being like, "We're like the short ones, so we got to look out for each other." <laughs> it's like, it is interesting to see like how the how little details change in all these characters you've seen for years too. Like, yeah. Shovel Knight looks mostly the same, but he just the animation sort of like a, a like a little and the fidelity is a little higher and his he has way more a little bit more frames in every like animation. Thick too. He looks like kind of right. muscly, which is really good. It's funny to watch like them sort of lean into the things that make these characters like visually signature. Mm-hmm. So like Shovel Knight has gotten to be like like the the men's bathroom triangle shape person. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's that's become his like signature silhouette. When that wasn't the case in the first Shovel Knight, mm-hmm. and I think that's really funny. Yeah, and uh, all the other characters too. Like I love like when you go to the the campfire for like the second time, you see the wagon with the shopkeeper like actually coming into frame. Right, and, and people down. are like unpacking and like starting to set up there. Mm-hmm. And people all have different hints about things that might lead to secrets or ways to interact with the area. Like, oh, I saw this blue mushroom in the mushroom area one time and i don't know what it's for it's like oh if you hit that that's like a secret thing that you can unlock and and all this like just just great little stuff yeah everything pointing you to things like not that every it's not like as simple as every dialogue is a piece is is a breadcrumb sometimes it's just sometimes it's just a bit yeah but um i like that it there's enough of it where you kind of want to talk to them you never know what they're gonna say you never know where that's and you can run into like some of the useless people up there in the well, and sometimes they don't do anything. Sometimes it's just like I was looking for the boss door, like the one nerdy kid. And it's like, oh, give right? Shit. Uh, <laughs> why are you here? Yeah, why are you here, dude? You should not be here. Or you'll you'll run into, uh, you know, like uh, the the shopkeeper, or not the shopkeeper, the the guy who started it, like the lamplighter or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they'll just like give you an item. It's like, oh, I don't need this. You know, good luck. It's great. Or the mole gets lost and he's like, well, I guess I'm not getting out of here to take off my gold. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's it's wonderful. It's an absolute must play if you're a fan of roguelikes or a fan of Shovel Knight. Yes, Um, I agree. And it's uh, just that soundtrack is absolutely killer. All killer, no filler on there. Any other thoughts, Jarrett? No, I think we crushed it. Yeah, personally, absolutely crushed it. What do you expect from me and Jarrett? Like, I don't know what you want. True. Um, do you have a score that you would give this? I, I would say se- it yet. seven or eight ish range. It does kind of everything you want it to do. I think it leaves it. It does exceed a lot of expectation, but I think there's a very clear there's very clear walls that you kind of have to meet it at. It doesn't do everything well, or it doesn't do everything. It's not as imaginative in everything it does. Um, and there's and it's on the Switch, and the Switch has a shoddy at this point. You know how many years into the Switch's life, its its ability to handle many of the things going on at once is uh, hit or miss. Yeah. Um. And, and yeah, I'm playing the Switch version, so I don't know. The PC version might be more stable. But. Yeah, I, I'm sure it is. Yeah, I'm in probably the eight to nine range. It, probably closer to eight, just because like the performance stuff does put a little bit of a damper on it unfortunately uh but i i really had a great time with it definitely gonna be listening to the soundtrack well into the future 
probably going to be revisiting it every now and again to just do a a full run um accessibility settings on or not you know there's like one of the late game armor things you can unlock is like one that gives you like a meter that is like a multiplier meter and it, the higher you get it by digging or hitting enemies uh the more extra gold you get at the end of a section of a level from the gold drill mm. um so it's like building up a meter and and like trying to keep your multiplier going um so there's kind of like an extra little thing to do after the end of it uh to get high score and stuff so yeah i'm a i'm a big fan uh worth a play 20 bucks no problem go out there and get it yeah yeah it's an easy recommend yeah Thanks for listening, everybody, or watching on YouTube. Remember to subscribe here. Like the video if you haven't already. Come on, what are you doing? You had a great time, right? We were talking about Shovel Knight. Right. Um, and uh, go check out some of the other stuff we're doing. IP D&D is an actual play Dungeons & Dragons podcast. I just recorded episode five-hour session of that earlier today. Five hours? Yeah, well, it was like... I say it's a lot, but that's not true. It's like every session. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was technically two episodes. Um, cause, cause of how we were recording it. And one of it was three hours of it was just straight combat. So <laughs> as it do be that way, sometimes it do. Um, but yeah, go check that out. If you're into dungeons and dragons, gotta get you on that at some point, Jared, gotta figure out a character for you to play. I am very good at playing a character that they really want to kill and that you really need dead. I can do that. You should be careful around this fucking group. Let me tell you, (laughs) (laughs) they will find an excuse. Um, uh, Go check out uh, the latest episode of Nintendo land. I think Mike and I are working on the next one this week and check out my uh, trails from zero review. Uh, Jerry, you got anything posted on the IGN or anything recently? I think you had a, you had like a souls like review, right? I reviewed. What did I review? The Last Hero of Nostalgia. It is a Souls-like about video games. Literally, you are a character in a video game who is underdeveloped because the video game is losing memories of itself. Oh. It's an open world that is like dying because no one's playing it. Or the, the heroes themselves that were in the game telling the stories are supposed to go through a cycle of death and then like rebirth. And- they, some of them have stopped dying, so the memories, the stories stopped being told. Mm. So now the world is just, is deteriorating. That um, sounds cool. It's the backdrop for a game that's basically a bunch of video games. Cool. Um, which I think is uh, good, but also I think they do, there's enough humor that is not just a look at this video game reference that I think is worthy of uh, your attention. I don't think I ever laughed out loud playing this game, but I think it is still funny. It's a funny little game. So if you like if you like Dark Souls, this might be one to look for. If you don't like Dark Souls, this is not going to change your mind about that. Yeah. That was for IGN, right? Yes. Yeah. Go check it out. Uh, that's it. That's the show. Subscribe if you haven't. We love you very much. Be safe. Treat each other well. Go dig a hole with your shovel. Yes. Whether you own the place or not, dig the hole. I promise you there's no there's no legal repercussion. <laughs> Just keep digging mm-hmm. until you find a secret sorceress. Or or, or like a gas main or something. I don't know. Yeah, that, that means probably stop actually. Anyway. <laughs> Bye.